0: Hey, Faith family, welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast at Calvary Bible, where we go beyond the Sunday sermon to explore some rabbit holes and to bring some biblical truths to the surface. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Well, uh, Randy, they say the second time's a charm. (laughs) I think that's the phrase. So what's funny was last week, I think I mentioned that we always do this in one take. And it's just, we let the things roll and... This week, this is our second take, and would you like to throw me under the bus, or should I throw myself under the bus?
1: No, I was going to say, yesterday was just one take.
0: It was one take, (laughs) and this is the second, because I I forgot to turn the microphones on, so these microphones that we're using go into a box, and I forgot to turn the box on, and so we get done, and I realize the mistake, I'm like, daggone it. Um, I don't know if that's a... yeah. It was a mistake. Anyway, I'll leave it at that. And, um, it's good for us. Yeah. I think it's third time's a charm, but for us, I'm hoping it's the second (laughs) you like phrases though. Uh, so here's a different question for you from yesterday. Mm -hmm. Do you know where the phrase hand over foot came from? I do not. I like, I'm curious, the the beginnings of that. I have a book. I used it yesterday. Yeah. Well, look that one up for me. Let me, uh, let me borrow that for a day. Um, (laughs) Yeah, because I used it the other day, and I know what it means. You know, someone's making fu- money hand over foot. Yeah, I think that's how it goes. Anyway, I didn't know if you knew. I do not. All right. Well, maybe you can redeem yourself next week. Yeah. That's that's what I should. I should quiz you on the beginning, like that's good. The uh, genesis of um phrases. phrases. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> oh, here oh, we go. I don't think so. You don't want to do that. <laughs> All right, here we go. We are back into the series, the current fight on faith. And so hopefully this time around, uh, maybe it'll go even better today. Although actually, I think the conversation was really good. So I'm hoping to recapture some of that. Um, But we were in, we took a break from Jude, which is funny to me because uh, this is a little bit of a series on the book of Jude. Mm -hmm. And it's the shortest book maybe, is it the shortest book in the New Testament? Third John, I think is a little shorter. Yeah either way um mm-hmm. we're taking a break in the middle of one of the shortest books in the New Testament just spurn off and yeah um so yesterday or I'm sorry Sunday we were in 1 Corinthians and the cross of Christ sounds foolish to most people that's the sermon title and we we're just um uh, if I'm going to wrap that sermon into a little nutshell I would say you know or that text anyway it was that um the the eloquent words or words of wisdom are 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 fine but the power of the gospel is in the cross Um, and so paul is trying to you know remind the corinthians that it's um it's not about saying the right thing Uh, it's about um, the cross it's about um, not us boasting uh, but it's in the the message of jesus No matter how clever it is, Uh, no matter how clever it comes across, it's in the the cross. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, I had a question for you. You ready to dive in? Mm -hmm. Okay. So the question actually came in uh, to the email. And again, just a reminder, if you have questions, send them into that email address. Um, But this was a follow-up from last week. Okay. Um, And last week I did a bad job actually because we had a question with like multiple parts and I only got to the first one. So here we go for this week, which is a follow up from last week, knowing that unsound doctrine made it into the evangelical church, right? So this is going back to Jude and is currently deceiving friends and loved ones who are likely to be believers. How do we approach pointing out false teachings or pointing them to the truth? It seems to be the hardest to share the truth with believers who are being deceived,
1: yeah because they're so entrenched in this um, and because of the level of deception so the whole point of uh the whole point of challenging the false teaching is that if it's allowed to stay in the church it has the potential to damage the body there is a strong undercurrent of supernatural at at work the supernatural Mm -hmm. at work so there's strong deception so A professing believer that has gone that it is or has gone down the path of false doctrine Mm -hmm. of a a destructive nature. Uh, We were talking about this the other day about the difference between, you know, some side doctrines versus some some key doctrines. Like In this case, as we'll see, Lord willing, on Sunday, the doctrine of of eternal punishment, eternal hell, eternal judgment. Uh, that's a doctrine that's under fire today. So, yeah. so I I think that I think a couple of things to remember. First of all, uh, when you're when you're dealing with your personal interaction with someone and you want to try to correct them, remember that you don't have authority outside of the church. So, mm-hmm. I think that's the first thing to remember. That what you're doing is you're entering a conversation without any clout. Um, I think it's right in a relationship to be honest at that level and to say to someone. I, I, here's what I believe. I don't believe what you're saying and and so forth. But just remember that what we want to do is we want to have all these conversations within a local body where there Mm -hmm. is scriptural authority, biblical authority. That's the place where uh, false doctrine is supposed to be challenged, right? It's, it's, it's not that it can't be challenged anywhere else on a one-to-one basis. It's just that it's designed to be challenged in the, in the body. Yeah. And so I know that um, uh, th- that's just one of the most frustrating things. And I just want to uh, remind you, too, that this is very similar to the question I get regularly about how do I handle church discipline passages hmm. with a certain person? Mm-hmm. And my my first reaction is you can't mm-hmm. unless you do it in the church.
0: Yeah, right. That's it's church discipline because it's in the church. That's where the authority
1: lies for a ruling body theologically to say to either a false teacher or uh, a sinning uh, professing christian who won't stop Mm -hmm. we can't have this here uh, and therefore something must be done you can't do that as an individual it has no uh, it it has no quote judgment
0: yeah so let me ask uh Mm -hmm. let me tease that out a Mm -hmm. little bit so you're talking about doctrines and how central they are to the faith um so if i have a friend who is let's say universalist mm-hmm. they believe that there's mm-hmm. everyone's going to heaven yeah um and god's just going to save everybody i would say that's a very poor doctrine at the center of the faith so i'm gonna as just a friend who goes to a different church or something like that i'm probably going to want to call them out on that and like have a conversation with them because i I care about them. Mm-hmm. Um, then let's say the the doctrine of um, I mean, what's what's kind of a, a secondary one? It's just on the outside well, of the court. like the
1: miraculous gifts.
0: Okay, let's so, use something like that. One on the miraculous gifts, where um, people disagree. Churches sp- not split over, but, <laughs> but there's there are de- denominations yep. geared toward it. Yep, exactly. Or not geared toward it. Um, do I have a conversation with with those um, with those Brothers and sisters in Christ, or do I let those things go? Are they being deceived? Do, I think my question is: I don't want to be antagonistic, you no. know, with stuff like that. Or I don't want to be antagonistic. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, but where, at what point, do we, yeah, try and come alongside a friend and have that conversation, even if it's not in within the church?
1: Uh, one question I would ask is is that particular doctrinal belief, is that hurting them spiritually? Mm-hmm. Let's say for instance, in the conversation, someone says, you know what, I'm, I'm really struggling because I'm not speaking in tongues yet, but I know I'm supposed to. Yeah. And it's hurting my walk with God. As a friend, I might step in and offer something. I am very, very hesitant to talk about doctrinal issues with somebody who doesn't ask. Yeah, And I'm certainly not interested in proving that my side is better than another side. We do try to practice hermeneutical humility. I don't read the Bible perfectly right all the time. Others mm-hmm. read it better. I know that. So I'm, I would be, I would just be interested in uh, what's your reason for stepping in? Do you want to, um, do you want to make sure that that person is right, or do you want to make sure that that person is godly? That might be a, that might be a way to sort of decide when do I step in. Okay. I mean, if you think you can have a, a cordial conversation with someone and debate, that's, that's, that's fine. Yeah. I don't think it's accomplishing anything, but it's fine. Yeah. You're not not antagonistic. Mm -hmm. Like you said, you're not trying to, uh, you know, to hurt the person or to, uh, you know, whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So the, the heart of the question is how do we approach pointing out those false teachings or point them to truth? And if I'm tracking you right, you, you do it. You either don't, Or you understand that going into that conversation that you don't have a place of authority to speak from. So the chances of them actually hearing you, it's an uphill battle.
1: Yeah, I I just think I think the the quick answer is do it humbly. Yeah, do it humbly. You're 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 trying to get into it. You're you're wading into waters that are murky and dark and dirty and uh it's it's difficult grounds because of the if we're talking about someone that's truly deceived it's a spiritual battle as well so i would go into it very very humbly and asking the lord's help and wisdom and how do i approach this how can i do it lovingly but just remember you don't have any clout yeah
0: okay so this whole series is kind of uh centered around this idea that evangelicals are walking away from the faith and at what rate they are i don't know frankly I don't care what the rate is. I'd hate to see it happen though. And I know it does happen. Um, and so in Jude, it was because false teachers are creeping in uh, and here in first Corinthians. Part of the problem is because the gospel is just not reasonable to them. Uh, it doesn't make sense. And because it doesn't make sense, it just gets filtered out yeah. and, and they they choose not to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so I have a question for you. But mm-hmm. did you want to wrap up or summarize that that sermon, or I don't know, brings back up the speed on the First Corinthians one. The First Corinthians one. Yeah,
1: just I, I think that you know in your make sure that in your attempts to share the uh, to share the gospel with, with someone else, especially someone that that their initial reaction is negative mm-hmm. to to what you're saying. Uh, just just as I said a couple of different times, just make sure you stick to the script. Do not, do not try to create words to create a convert. That's, that's the wrong motive. What you want is you want to be faithful to the message. And so evidently, the, simp- the simplicity of this is, uh, is emphasized. It's the cross of Christ, Christ crucified, the word of the cross. There, there was th- two or three ways that that mm-hmm. was worded in this paragraph. That is very, very simple. And that's where the power lies. So the tendency and the reason why we're doing this is because so many of our folks are are going to be met with opposition when they explain what it means to be evangelical, to be a a person of faith, according to the way we read the Bible. There's going to be a lot of pushback. And the Mm -hmm. tendency is to try to change the way we say it in order to help it sound better. Mm -hmm. And so that's why the translation there in verse 17, words of eloquent wisdom, Mm -hmm. it's just translated as translating a Greek phrase. It just says words of wisdom. That's all it is. But you have to translate it as the wisdom of the world. These are words crafted according to the wisdom of the world, which means I'm going to try to phrase it in such a way to make it more reasonable. Gotcha. Palatable. Yeah. Receivable. That's according to this text, that's a no, no, because at the end of 17, it empties the message of its power.
0: Mm-hmm. So when we think about some of the evangelists or gospel presenters, mm-hmm. uh, some of them are, you know, winsome. They, mm-hmm. they present yeah. the gospel yeah. well and powerfully. Yep. Um, uh, we talk about Paul in Athens, mm-hmm. uh, are one of our own global outreach partners, Sam Same. Fry, and, and they work you know, someone like, I don't know, I mean, I obviously wasn't on the streets of, of Athens. Um, but Paul, in that moment where he sees all these gods, is
1: mm.
0: he's pretty clever in that moment. Yeah, um, he's, he's clever with respect to his ability to
1: to understand the culture and the mindset mm-hmm. in order to start a message. Yeah, that's where the cleverness lies, as opposed to him using
0: cleverness to gain a convert. Mm -hmm. So my question here for us to think about, Mm because, you know, I want to share the gospel uh, to folks as well. Um, How do I know if I'm crossing the line and being too eloquent with my words?
1: So I want to go back to the thought of. Am I feeling pressure in a conversation? Because of a negative reaction to what I started with in the conversation, am I feeling pressure now to change or to to go to a different facet of the message to get around the trouble spot. Mm-hmm. That's so. I so I would say check your motive. If you are if you are being tempted to change your words, or to skirt around one issue yeah. of the gospel, the primary issue, because that didn't mm-hmm. sound good to that person. Remember, you're 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 waiting to see if God is drawing them. John six forty four stuff. So in a conversation, you can tell mm-hmm. if if God is drawing them, at least you might be able to have a gain a hearing mm-hmm. if they are not being drawn, you're going to know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so I, w- I would say that the most important thing is, you know, you're starting to cross the line when your motive is to to get a better hearing. Yeah, I'm I'm afraid that what I just said is not the best way. It's not the best. It's not putting my best foot forward. There's another phrase that you could track down. What's the What's the <laughs> source of that? So I want to, in order to put my best foot forward, for instance, I'm not going to talk about the gender issue. Well, I yeah. would say don't start with that anyway. No, it's not part of the gospel. But but at some point, the cross of Christ has to be front and center. It is a biblical issue. And it's and yeah. it, according to this text, what we were looking at was mm-hmm. this text said, humanity is divided into two parts. Yeah. The Jews have a problem with the cross. Gentiles have a problem with the cross in the first century. That's everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a problem with that cross. One says, uh, I just need, I need more miracles. Yeah. I can't believe this. The other one says, I need a better argument or better Logic. content. But either yeah. way, the cross is offensive to both. We need to, we need to be prepared for that. So the reason why this is important for us is because while we're contending for the faith or fighting for the faith, including in discussions with others, mm-hmm. we're getting this, we're, ha- we're sensing that maybe we need to change the message a little bit because evangelical doctrine is not popular. It's just mm-hmm. not believed. No. So millennials, for instance, you're talking about stats earlier. Yeah. The millennials, for instance, right now are, uh, this is, this is, it's, it's, it's amazing what's happening. So still over half of them, over half of them believe uh, in in these uh, in the in the Christian worldview, for instance, mm-hmm. these are professing Christians. Right, they believe in a Christian worldview, mm-hmm. but a very very small percentage of that percentage mm-hmm. actually lives it out. Yeah, and so you're you're seeing this weird disconnect between you know I believe this stuff, but now this doesn't translate into any anything in my life.
0: Yeah, and I think that would be maybe one of those issues that when we're presenting the gospel, we're hesitant or we might change the message a little bit. Like you know, just just say the prayer, ask Jesus mm-hmm. to forgive you of your sins, and you know then you'll be saved. Uh, as opposed to s- setting the bar high, or at least letting them know that the bar is high that. Along with faith in Christ comes an obedience of faith. Um, yes, total trust. Yeah, and that, that you have will to
1: trust him to live life.
0: Right, and it will change the way you live. It should change the way you live, and it's not going to be, it's not going to be easy. Um, but mm-hmm. I think to make it more palatable, we say, well, if you don't want to go to hell when you die, then just you know, ask God to forgive you of your sins. And Jesus died for you, and mm-hmm. he loves you. And those are all true, but that's it. That's all you have to do. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I'm not the best evangelist. And I, I, I told you, I mess it up all the time. Mm-hmm. So, but I think that's one of those aspects that, you know, if someone were to at least question, like, what's that mean? Like, what do I do tomorrow then? Well, you've got to flesh it out, you know, give them the whole message. So
1: just think about how simple this would be. If in a conversation you just summarize Christianity, uh, in, in light of first Corinthians one mm-hmm. where you said, I, I, I believe that Christ died for my sins and because he did, I can know God. Yeah. If you just made it that simple and then what's the reaction, mm-hmm. then what happens next?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You keep pushing the door open. Maybe, you... maybe, maybe God is working there and, mm-hmm. but it's simple. Christ died for my sins. God provided Jesus Christ as a savior for my sins, so that I could know him and live with him, mm-hmm. walk with him right now. Yeah. That's a simple, simple statement. That's what I believe that the Bible teaches. I believe that. How do you do you have you ever heard that? Do you believe that? And to watch the reaction Yeah. as opposed to feeling badly if they react negatively.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So there is uh, it is important to be prepared for the fight. This is a fight. Mm-hmm. Contend for the faith. Mm hmm. There's a fight.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and one of the things that Sam Fry uh, encourages folks when they're sharing the gospel is to not, not stop. Like, mm. keep pushing the door open until they stop it. And because there's times where you give a very simple gospel message and then you just, you, yep. you, you stop. Yep. And they might actually be inquisitive or right. receptive, but it might. But you're not ready to keep pushing the door open that's right but if they do stop it yeah don't try and push another door open you know let let that go yeah and it's it's yeah. okay might not be reasonable
1: yeah listen the other thing is remember that in this whole series in jude the underlying thing is if you're going to contend for the faith you must first believe it yourself so mm-hmm. watch what will happen through this series Little by little, we're going to have to make sure that we believe in these doctrines. So, for instance, do you believe in the cross of Christ? If you do, don't back away from that. That's that's the heart of it all, mm-hmm. according to Paul. So with each series that we go, when we hit these doctrines, like on Sunday, you have to believe that there is eternal judgment. That's what the Bible says. That's the way we read it. So contending for the faith assumes that we believe that message so that when you're faced with a negative reaction, you're not going to be tempted to back away from it or to try to soften it. You believe that that's true, and it must be. It must be believed, mm. and I think that's critical.
0: Yeah. All right. I think you answered the question. Good. All right. I should do it for today. Thank Thanks you, all. guys. Love you. Thanks again for joining us on today's episode. And remember, our Sunday sermons are meant to lead us to a life of worship beyond Sunday.